on this episode of PL and PJ's A Spurs Fan's First Fixture. Welcome back to the Premier League podcast with the coziest dress code, that dress code being Jamie's. We do not have a full episode for you today. Brent is laying on a beach in Hawaii, sipping some pina coladas, and he deserves it. He deserves vacation. Um, I had mine uh, two weeks in Europe, and now he's uh, chilling with his family in Hawaii. So shout out to Brent. I hope that you're listening to this um, shaded by an umbrella with a fruity drink in hand. But what we do have for you today is just a short little episode here um, of me outlining my first experience um, in London as an adult and my first experience at a Tottenham game, at least a competitive fixture. And uh, we're going to keep it brief here because it's just me and I don't want to hear myself talk in I'm sure you don't want to hear me talk this whole time, but here we are. So I'll start out at the beginning, um, buying tickets. Obviously, buy tickets as far in advance as you can. Um, Specifically for Tottenham, you have to be a one Hotspur member, but I believe it's somewhat similar for other Premier League clubs. So make sure that you check out... um, what sort of like membership you have to have before purchasing tickets. Um, there are dates based on your membership on when like the release date for each fixture will be. So uh, I would mark your calendar for that and then try to do it the day of um, so you can get your best seat. One thing I will mention is that at least for Tottenham, you can't relist your ticket once you buy it, and you can't buy more than one ticket per membership. So I went with my fiance, so I signed my fiance up for a membership as well, and I got to transfer that ticket to her when I purchased it. Um, So that is something to look out for. But yeah, we uh, made our way to Europe um, about two weeks before the fixture itself. We were in... um, Barcelona for a bit and then Italy while we were in Barcelona we uh, we got news of the Queen passing Um, Queen Elizabeth II obviously the longest reigning monarch in England Um, a big deal over there we don't have an equivalent here obviously and I'm not gonna try to make any sort of comparison Um, and selfishly our first thought was is this gonna affect our fixture Um, because Pretty much immediately, they canceled the fixtures for that upcoming weekend, which you can have your own opinion on if that was the right decision or not. Um, But it happened, and it kind of set a precedent for maybe the next weekend being canceled, especially with the funeral being held on that following Monday. Um, Thankfully, obviously, the fixtures were not canceled, at least not all of them. Um, Tottenham versus Leicester did continue on. Um, so we were grateful for that. It was interesting, though, to be in London at that time. We, you know, we obviously don't have a figurehead, and 
my fiance and I have watched The Crown, which depicts the life of Queen Elizabeth. And, you know, we enjoyed that. But we never really kind of grasped what the monarchy meant to at least a good majority of, of Brits. But we passed the 9 to 12 hour queue to, to basically just walk past the body of the Queen. Um, I think, believe it was in Westminster Abbey. The line was insane. Um, we walked past it a couple times uh, throughout the weekend. And just to see everyone there with their backpacks, their soft coolers, and just bags of snacks to kind of hunker down for the long haul. You know, a commitment like that just to walk past a casket, I thought kind of showed you know, what the monarchy meant to these people um, and just kind of gave us a glimpse into not everyday life, but, you know, the mentality of uh, these English people. But uh, moving on to the day of the game on Saturday, we uh, we took the London Underground, which is, you know, the I believe the biggest subway system in the world, um, we took it to the Seven Sister Station, which I would recommend getting off there and not taking a bus. Uh, the walk to the stadium is just under 30 minutes, but being able to see the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, uh, previously White Hart Lane, kind of just pop up over the horizon over um, a couple of the lower buildings as you're walking there. Um, it's a pretty nice sight to see. You can see the cockerel at the top of the stadium, and you know you just get to see a bit of North London and that kind of neighborhood itself, um, which you know has some nice culture and a bunch of pubs along the way. Um, and we did stop at one right next to the stadium. We were recommended um, Beavertown. Uh, corner pin, which um, from one of the Spurs podcasts I listen to, uh, they're sponsored by it, and they say they're bang opposite the South Stand is where they're located, which, you know, it is. But right next to it uh, is number eight, which we ended up going to because Beavertown was far too busy and they weren't letting people in. So we settled for number eight, and it was awesome. Uh, second story kind of open rooftop area and there was hundreds of people there you have to have a ticket to the fixture to get in which i thought was interesting um you don't really see that for american sports pretty much anyone is allowed in to the sports bars around uh, the stadium so i thought that was a unique uh, feature of you know english football i'm not sure if that's everywhere or just for tottenham bars but I kind of like that. Uh, just, you know, let the people that are going to game in there because then they all walk from the pub kind of around the same time to get into the game. And it's kind of a, a nice camaraderie there. We left a little early, though, because we wanted to go into the stadium as soon as possible, get our money's worth. We're only going to be there one time. So get there or in there at least two hours before, which is the earliest that they let you in. So we did that. Um, we kind of made the mistake of not looking for a Spurs merchandise shop beforehand. As I mentioned on the previous episode, um, it's actually outside the stadium, 
we just missed it. Um, so we couldn't get, you know, all of our merchandise that we wanted to buy beforehand. So I had to settle for a jersey afterwards. Alex, however, there is like little small stands with just Kane and Sun jerseys. She wanted a Sunny jersey, so it worked out well. She got to buy her jersey before the match, and he ended up scoring a hat trick. So I'm going to pretty much give her all props for that. That's the reason why he scored all those goals off the bench. So if you are traveling to your first Spurs fixture and you do want to rep some gear before the game, uh, I would recommend finding that. It's a pretty big Spurs shop. Um, it's just outside the south stand uh, to the left if you're facing the south stand. So I would uh, recommend getting there early enough to go uh, get your jersey, get your kit, and uh, then head in afterwards. We purchased tickets in the South Stand, and there are certain tickets that came with the 1882 package. Uh, so it was a couple extra bucks to get that, and it came with a pregame meal, and also two drink tickets per person, which was nice. So we went in about an hour and a half before the match, and we got our, they're like kind of bratwurst with a, a bun, and there's pulled pork on top and then our two beers, and, you know, it was pretty good food. Obviously, the new Spurs Stadium is known for their food and their beer and their, you know, just general amenities. Um, it's supposed to be one of the best stadiums in the U.K. now, and I believe it. It was a great atmosphere. Um, everything was clean, and the people very helpful and friendly. Um, but, yeah, you know, we got to enjoy that for like about 30 minutes and then an hour before the match, the players, you know, started trickling out into the field for some warm-ups. So Alex and I made our way to our seats in the south stand and walking, you know, through the tunnel out into, you know, the open stadium air, it was magical. Um, the pitch is pristine. The stadium is, you know, like I've been saying, one of the best in England. And just even with no one in there at the time, you could just tell that the atmosphere was going to be something special. And it was. Um, the game was about to start, and um, they had warned us earlier. They sent us an email that they were doing a tribute um, to Queen Elizabeth prior to the match. So Ledley King and um, some other Spurs folk came out of the field. They laid a wreath down. There was a moment of silence, which uh, actually I, I will say one funny thing about the moment of silence is that there was a group of kind of rowdy guys who were coming in from, you know, getting their food and their drinks, and they didn't realize there was a moment of silence. So they were being pretty loud, and from all the way across the section someone yelled some profanities um have really not heard the c word used that much in uh in one place but it was a you know a lighthearted moment in sort of a sad remembrance but yeah um the game itself you know spurs won six to two um highs and lows obviously Leicester scored first and then equalized 2-2 before halftime. 
So uh, mixed feelings going into the half, but, you know, second half, Benton Kerr scored a goal to give us the lead, and then Conte put Hyunmin Son on and then eventually switched to a 3-5-2, which really changed the game. And uh, Sonny scoring those three goals after being in such a big goal drought and questions um, everywhere about his form and if he was going to continue to be this poor for the whole season. Um, He silenced those doubters. And I actually have audio of the second goal, which was his left-footed curler from outside the box. So that's just a a little peek into what the atmosphere was like um, during the game. I think the first goal was really, the first one he scored, I should say, was uh, the loudest I heard the stadium because, you know, people were just, did not expect him to take the shot from that range, I don't think, um, when he had an option to his left and with the two defenders in front of him. And, you know, obviously everyone knew the plot. They knew that he was on a goal drought. And uh, this was just a big relief for everyone in the stadium, for the player. And, you know, it just erupted. But the second goal, you know, almost as much. I'm glad that I caught it on audio and can share it with you guys. But uh, obviously, I have mixed feelings about VAR because the third goal that was for his hat trick, you know, they said no, it was offside right away, which muted the celebrations. But, uh, you know, you get to celebrate twice, I guess. So you got to look at it that way. But uh, overall, um, I could not have asked for a better fixture for my first ever Spurs game. Um, 6-2 against Leicester. Obviously, Leicester bought on the table. Not terribly impressive. Uh, we didn't look great in the first half. But I, I knew going in that there were going to be a lot of goals. There usually is when we face Leicester, especially at home. So I was very thankful to see that fixture. Um, it was my fiance's first, I think, first soccer match, if you will. Ever so that was exciting. That's not true. We went to the USA Mexico Nations League game, which was insane. So uh, it was her first English um, fixture as well, and you know I'm beyond blessed to have seen that game. And uh, we went to the shop post game. I, I got my jersey. I, I got a uh, Dayan Kulusevski, number twenty one, the super Swede. Gimme, gimme. Um, I think he's going to be a huge star. But yeah, um, I guess just to wrap this up and let you guys stop listening to me, I would uh, highly recommend making the trip if, if you are in the States and your team is in, in England. Um, I'm going to convince my brother, who is probably listening to this right now, to make a trip to Liverpool at some point to see Everton play. Um, I guess they're building a new stadium, so maybe I'll, I'll tell him to wait for that, but... Yeah, it's uh, everything I dreamed of. Um, it was a two-week vacation in Europe, and I saw a lot of beautiful things. But that was the highlight of my trip. Um, don't tell my fiance. But yeah, um, I guess that is all I have for you guys. Brent will be back this weekend, so we'll record 
um, next Tuesday, released next Thursday. So we're back on our normal schedule. Um, but I appreciate appreciate um, those that decided to tune into this and kept tuning in once they realized it was just going to be me. But I'll, I'll give us a little sign off from the Premier League podcast with the coziest dress code. That dress code being Jamie's, Jake. Thanks, Brent. Uh, we'll see you next time. Oh,